Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up, TCK Potters? Happy Week 11. Sky here rolling as I always do on Tuesdays, recapping the Week 10 action. Team by team, listing my ballers and stallers for the week. Email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Your weak ass, get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. Last week's buys were the Baltimore Ravens, Minnesota Vikings, Houston Texans, and Denver Broncos. Let's start Thursday night where the Pittsburgh Steelers get a huge win at home against the Red Hot Carolina Panthers. 52-21 for the Steelers big. Big Ben, five touchdowns, and the Steelers' defense was dominant the entire game. For those Panthers, Christian McCaffrey, the lone baller, 14 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. 
61 yards on five catches and two more touchdowns through the air. So Christian McCaffrey responsible for all 21 points for those Panthers. But the rest of the Carolina Panthers were stallers, in my opinion. Cam Newton, 193, two touchdowns and a pick, just 10 yards on the ground. So decent game through the air, pretty much what you expect from Cam. About 200 yards, two touchdowns from Cam Newton, but just 10 yards on the ground. The Steelers corralled him very well. Greg Olson, just 40 yards on four catches. DJ Moore, 20 yards on four catches. And Devin Funches, 32 yards on three catches. Pittsburgh Steelers, on the other hand, everybody balled out. Big Ben, 22 of 25, just three incompletions for 328 and five touchdowns. Antonio Brown, six catches, 97 yards, and a nice touchdown. Juju Schuster, three catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. A 75-yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. For the Steelers, beautiful, uh, beautiful deep bomb down the left sideline. Juju burned everybody for a nice long touchdown there. So if you're in bonus leagues, that definitely helped you out. James Conner, decent game before he left the game with an apparent concussion. More on that later this week. 13 carries, 65 yards. He did get a score, but just eight yards on one catch. Again, he left uh, in the second half with with an apparent uh, concussion. We'll have more information on that. Vance McDonald, nice game, four catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. And Jalen Samuels, uh, interesting name to keep here in case Connor does leave this game. Uh, Excuse me, not play in week 11. Uh, Jalen Samuels could be the backup here. Five uh, carries for seven yards, and he did get another touchdown through the air. So keep an eye on Jalen Samuels as the apparent James Connor backup. No stallers here for the Steelers this week. Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. Detroit comes up short 22-34. to Chicago gets the win at home. Trubisky, four total touchdowns. He remains hot. For the Lions, some ballers. Carryon Johnson, 14, carries 51 yards and a touchdown and another touchdown through the air on 38 yards. I thought this was going to be a slower game for Carryon Johnson. I actually benched him in a league. I played Aaron Jones over him, so I... I made out just fine, but uh, I thought this was going to be more of a challenge for Carryon Johnson against this Chicago defense. But this game really proved to me that Carryon Johnson is for sure the number one back. LeGarrette Blunt didn't do much. Theo didn't do much. So I love Carryon Johnson. Pretty much matchup proof. His numbers may be down because this uh, Lions offense is certainly sputtering here late without Golden Tate. But I do like Carryon Johnson as a RB2 with RB1 upside for the rest of the season. Kenny Galladay, a nice game. Six catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Stallers on the Lions side, Matt Stafford, 274, two touchdowns and two picks. Not a terrible game from Stafford, but certainly uh something more if you're streaming him so not a terrible option but he did have those two picks and less than 300 yards and Theo Riddick 60 yards through the air on six catches uh, Marvin Jones Jr. three catches 55 yards but he left the game with a uh, look to be a really serious knee injury but the early reports are that it's just a bone bruise on his knee so he didn't tear anything uh, that I've heard yet I'm recording uh, early Tuesday morning so the reports are that there's no serious damage to Marvin Jones Jr. However, keep an eye on this just in case it is, because if he misses any significant time, of course, that would be a detriment once again. So uh, we have the Chicago Bears, Trubisky, 355, three touchdowns, uh, 318 on the ground as well. Um, three carries for 18 yards, excuse me, uh, for another touchdown. So four total touchdowns for Trubisky. Um, I, uh, 
I heard something on another podcast uh, last week that I thought was really interesting, and this is something for y'all to think about. Um, and maybe we'll discuss this later on in, in the podcast later this week with the guys. But what is the difference between Mitch Trubisky and Cam Newton at this point? Just a thought. Let's let's ruminate on that. We'll come back to it later this week. Allen Robinson, a nice game, really a breakout game here in 2018. Six care, uh, catches, 133, and two touchdowns. And uh, Anthony Miller, nice breakout game as well. He's been getting hot as of late, and I was touting him early in the season. Picked him up in my league of record, stashed him on the bench for a potential keeper next year, and he is starting to come alive for sure, even with Allen Robinson back. Five catches, 122, and a touchdown. So he looks great. Love Anthony Miller, wide receiver three, flex position the rest of the season, only getting better. Tariq Cohen comes back to form-ish. Seven carries, 15 yards, and a rushing touchdown. He also had 29 yards through the air. And the Stallers, once again, Jordan Howard, man, in a huge positive game script. The Bears were up this entire game, and really it wasn't even as close as it ended up being. The Bears really dominated this game. Matt Stafford had a couple late touchdowns to uh, make the score closer. But if you're watching this game, the Bears were up the entire game. And Jordan Howard had a beautiful game script. They just didn't feed him. Just 11 carries, 21 yards, and one catch for 11 yards. Don't know what to say about Jordan Howard. In a standard league, you have to continue to start him because he gets those touchdowns. But in a PPR league, uh, he's sitable for sure um, if you have other options and I don't even know that you can count on a plus matchup right now. Tariq Cohen is is really the focal point of the Bears offense in the backfield, and Trubisky and the receivers are just on fire. So um, not confident about Jordan Howard right now. Also, Trey Burton, four ca- uh, catches, 40 yards. Not feeling good about him either. So uh, unfortunately, you can um, you know bench him as well if you want. Maybe you have – I have Eric Ebron and – Trey Burton in my league, and I've been starting Eric Ebron the last couple of weeks, and of course that's been going well. So uh, keep an eye on that matchup as well uh, with with Trey Burton at the tight end position. If you don't have another option, you're playing him because he gets those touchdowns, but he's just not getting the volume I think we all thought he was going to get. And uh, unfortunately, I got to throw Cody Parkey under the bus, the kicker for the Bears, who missed two field goals and two PATs in this game. He hit the uprights, though, four times. Literally hit the uprights on every kick that he missed, which is unbelievable. I doubt it's ever happened in the NFL. It rarely happens twice in the game. He did it four times in the game. Um, My dad used to always say when I was a kid that you should get points for that. I agree. You should get points for that. It's much harder to hit the upright than actually make a field goal. But nonetheless, it doesn't count. And Parkey, unfortunately, missed four total kicks. I think it was just a Mason Crosby outlier. Parkey will be fine going forward. Doesn't look like the Bears are going to cut him. He should be fine. Um, and honestly, you can maybe fire up Parkey because he'll certainly be focused this next week. But I uh, had, to, had to mention him as he missed four kicks in this game. So this should have been a more lopsided game. The Bears should have put up 40, no problem on the Lions. Moving forward into Cincinnati, the Saints remain, in my opinion, the hottest team in the NFL, uh, on offense at least, and absolutely dominated the Bengals from the get. Uh, Saints win big on the road, 51-14 over the Bengals. Drew Brees passes Brett Favre for second most passing touchdowns in NFL history. My dog. Brees, 22 of 55, much like Big Ben, just three incompletions, 265, three touchdown. And he also had his patented Drew Brees um, on the goal line, snap it, and just kind of lift his arms over the goal line. They counted as a rushing touchdown. Four total touchdowns for Drew Brees. He is a... 
automatic fire up your quarterback every single week. Everyone's worried about the rushing game really coming into play. As you'll know here in a second when I rattle off the running back stats, everybody got fed in this game. The Saints are absolutely on fire. I think playing their best offense I've ever seen the Saints play. Um, and now that they have Kamara and Michael Thomas and everybody else fired up, uh, they just signed Brandon Marshall, so he'll be in the mix coming forward. The Saints are on fire. I think you can fire up Breeze every single week because he is just an absolute machine here. And I don't think they're going to completely give up on the run unless it's an outdoor game and it's just not a good matchup. But I like him moving forward. Michael Thomas, <clears throat> eight catches, 70 yards, and two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara does his thing. 12 catches for 56 yards and two touchdowns. Excuse me, 12 rushes for 56 yards and two touchdowns. Four catches for 46 yards. And Mark Ingram has a great game, 13 carries, 104 on the ground, and three catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. He had a beautiful 50-yard uh, screen play, uh, kind of a just a broke out, made a couple jukes, made a nice cutback at the end on the five-yard line to get in the end zone. So Mark Ingram looks great, and they'll continue to feed him. So he was over 150 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Camaro was over 100 yards and two touchdowns, so those guys are just fine. Michael Thomas got his. And Will Lutz, shout out to the kicker, 17 fantasy points. Ben Watson, however, one catch, one yard. He dropped a touchdown, unfortunately. And Traquan Smith, no catches on one uh, one target in this game. So he kind of disappeared. I kept looking to see if he got injured or something in the game, but I watched most of this game. I didn't notice it. He just wasn't in the fold. So unfortunately, with Brandon Marshall coming into town, Traquan Smith may uh, unfortunately lose more time here and it may be um maybe a committee there with the, with the wide receiver two position i don't think brandon marshall is going to be amazing per se but i certainly don't think that traquan smith is the automatic number two receiver here for the saints for the Bengals, no ballers uh andy dalton the first staller uh 153 a touchdown and a uh, two picks Joe Mixon started off super hot in this game. Thought it was going to be a huge game for him. The first drive was all Joe Mixon. He looked great. But after that, he got completely game scripted out. They don't pass to him enough. And um, the Saints just ended up routing quickly. This game was over in the first quarter. And I think the Bengals just wanted to uh, save Mixon. So just 11 carries, 61 yards on the ground. Pretty much all of that was on the first drive of the game. And then two catches for 24 yards, unfortunately. Tyler Boyd was supposed to step in for a huge opportunity with A.J. Green out for this game as the wide receiver one. <clears throat> Other than a couple uh, solid plays, Marshall and Lattimore really shut him down. So Tyler Boyd just three catches, 65 yards on uh, through the air. And John Ross did catch a uh, quick little slant touchdown, but just uh, one catch for 39 yards or about 30 yards otherwise, so not much out of John Ross either. And C.J. Ozoma, uh, three catches, 32 yards, and had to throw the Bengals' defense under the bus, negative 11 fantasy points. In Cleveland, the Browns take care of business against the Falcons, 28-16. Nick Chubb, breakout game here. He had the longest play from scrimmage in the NFL so far this year and the longest run in Browns history with a 92-yard burst late in the game. He was having a great game before this, but this just really padded the stats. So Nick Chubb, the real deal, and he's getting uh, you know seemingly 20 carries in the last three games. Nick Chubb is an automatic start, in my opinion, moving forward. For the Falcons, Matt Ryan, 330 and two touchdowns. Julio Jones got his touchdown again two games in a row, and it was kind of just a screen play on the one-yard line, so they got him in there. But nonetheless, they're looking for Julio more around the goal line. Clearly, he's massive. He's the best player on the field. 
I don't know what the hell took so long. Julio Jones, seven catches, 107 and a touchdown. Austin Hooper, 10 catches, 56 yards and a touchdown for him. Some stallers on the Falcons side, Tevin Coleman, 11 carries, 44 yards, three catches, just 19 yards. Muhammad Sanu, six catches, 46 yards. And Calvin Ridley, just 37 yards on three catches. Ido Smith as well, kind of a non-factor, 11 carries or 11 rushing yards, 15 receiving yards. For the Browns, Baker Mayfield, a nice game as well. Just three incompletions, 17 of 20, 216, three touchdowns, and he also had 20 yards on the ground. Baker's looking good, starting to heat up with that offense. Nick Chubb, of course, was incredible, like I just said. 20 carries, 176 on the ground, and that 92-yard touchdown. He also added another receiving score with 33 yards as well. Some stallers for the Browns, Duke Johnson, 15 yards on the ground, 31 yards and a touchdown through the air. So not a terrible game for Duke in fantasy or in in stats. He had, uh, let's see, 46 total yards and a touchdown. But I think a lot of people expected him to have a huge game against this Atlanta team that kind of perennially gives up uh, receiving yards to backs. And Duke Johnson's one of the best receiving backs in the game, but not in this game. It was all all, uh, Nick Chubb, and he continues to out-touch um, let's see, 23-7 to seven out touching uh, Duke Johnson, Nick Chubb was. So it looks like this is a Nick Chubb show with Duke Johnson and PPR leagues, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Rashard Higgins got a 28-yard touchdown, but nothing else. That was his only catch. And Jarvis Landry, man, um, really let me down in a couple of leagues. Uh, two catches, 22 yards on just five targets. So he was really a target monster, but not able to connect. Still not able to connect, but not getting the targets either. So I'm definitely concerned about Jarvis Landry moving forward. And David Njoku as well. We expected both these guys to increase their role with Baker coming in full-time and with the coaching change, but it just looks like it's a rushing offense and Baker spreads the ball all over the field, which is good for him, but not good for Landry and Njoku. Njoku just 18 yards on one catch, just one target for him. Moving on to Indianapolis, the Colts sneak away with a W at home over the Jacksonville Jaguars, 29-26, and Eric Ebron, three touchdowns, three touchdowns early. Blake Bortles had a nice bounce-back game for him, 320 and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, first game uh, in weeks, comes back, great performance, 24 carries, 53 yards and a touchdown, five catches, 56 yards and a touchdown. So two touchdowns, 100-plus yards. 29 touches. Leonard Fournette looks healthy and fine. He's an RB1 surefire start every single week moving forward, of course. And Dante Moncrief had a nice game, uh, padded a little bit by a 50-yard touchdown, but three catches, 98 yards, and that touchdown. Some stallers, uh, TJ Yeldon, three carries, 12 yards, and 51 yards through the air. Not a terrible game in PPR leagues. He put up 11 points for you, but um, as you can see, Fournette is healthy and back in a full shape. And this is what we were, I was trying to mention uh, that they, you know, were able to sit him for a number of weeks and not rush him back. They rushed him back early in the season, played a couple snaps, and he came out again. So they just held him out through the bye. That was kind of the plan the whole time and uh, fired him up. And Fournette was a beast and he'll get only better moving forward. And definitely a huge asset coming into the fantasy playoffs. The Jags defense, zero fantasy points. They are reeling big time. They are droppable, in my opinion, and certainly not a must start depending on the matchup. <clears throat> Andrew Luck, 20, uh, 270, let's see, 285, excuse me, 285, three touchdowns and a pick. All three of those touchdowns, of course, um, going to the tight ends per usual. Eric Ebron got two of those touchdowns, and Mo Ali Cox gets another one of those touchdowns, the third string tight end who we've heard from occasionally. 
Eric Ebron also added a rushing score, a two-yard kind of flip pass uh, end around um, on the goal line there. So Eric Ebron, three total touchdowns, two receiving, one rushing. He also added 69 yards uh, through the air. So Eric Ebron stays hot even with Jack Doyle back. And some stallers, T.Y. Hilton, 77 yards on three catches. So not a terrible game against Jalen Ramsey, but uh, didn't get it. Didn't get a touchdown, and uh, just ten fantasy points in PPR leagues isn't going to do it for your seemingly number one receiver. But I've been saying for a long time I don't trust T.Y. Hilton. For me, he's a wide receiver two at best. For me, he's probably a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside on a weekly basis. So um, obviously, Andrew Luck loves his tight end. So really, uh, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle I think are are startable each week. Jack Doyle just thirty six yards on three catches. And Marlon Mack disappointed big time, 29 yards through on the ground and nine yards through the air. Uh, not much out of Naheem Hines in this game, but certainly concerning for uh, Marlon Mack. I, I just think that this is a matchup situation. The Jaguars are able to shut down receivers on the outside. They're able to shut down the running game. And I think that the one place that the Colts specifically thought that they could hurt was um, – as uh, over the tight ends position over the over the middle there. So um, great game for the tight ends once again. Kansas City takes care of business at home against the Arizona Cardinals, but this game was much closer uh, than I thought. Um, I had made a kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek comment when we were doing the previews of this game with Curly and Daniel that uh, I asked them if it was going to be over under 28-point victory for the Chiefs, and Curly took <laughs> the Chiefs 28 easy. Um, and we had mentioned that uh, 28 is a hell of a lot of points, especially this not being college football, which a 28-point spread happens weekly. Um, but the uh, Arizona Cardinals actually hung around this game pretty well. Uh, Mahomes already has most touchdown passes in a single season for the Chiefs with 31. My goodness. <clears throat> and uh, he has, let's see, uh, five weeks to play still. Um, so he will be uh, – he will be – clearing that record by far and setting setting the bar high, which I can only assume he's going to break probably a few more times <clears throat> in his career. For the Arizona Cardinals, DJ, a nice game, uh, 180 total yards. Um, he had 21 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown to just short of 100, and he had seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. This is what we were hoping for with Leftwich coming in and taking over that Bruce Arians role there. Um, after Mike McCoy got ousted a couple weeks ago. And David Johnson is back to being David Johnson. Uh, surefire uh, RB1. If you didn't trade for David Johnson, you're probably not able to now. I've been trying to get David Johnson off of Curly for about three weeks. He wasn't budging even when he was struggling. And good for Curly to hold on to him because now David Johnson's going to be going to be the man. So congratulations if you were able to trade for him, especially for Beans. And uh, good for you if you waited on him as well because I really think – David Johnson is going to be a beast coming into the fantasy playoffs <clears throat> on a uprising Arizona Cardinals offense. Larry Fitzgerald, 50 yards on six catches, and Ricky Seals-Jones, decent day at the tight end position, 51 yards on five catches. Josh Rosen, just 208, one touchdown, um, that swing pass to David Johnson and two picks. And Christian Kirk, just eight yards on six targets, so not much going on for him, unfortunately. For the Chiefs, ho-hum. Uh, same old, same old, uh, although the uh, the stats were definitely down from what they're used to. So I had to put a couple of these guys in the staller category for their standards, but nice 
uh, day for fantasy options all around. Mahomes under 300 yards, but 249 and two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, seven catches, 117 and two touchdowns. And Spencer Ware steals a touchdown from Kareem Hunt on the goal line. I'm telling you, keep an eye on Spencer Ware moving forward just in case Kareem Hunt goes down. I touted him early in the offseason. Of course, he hasn't done much because Kareem Hunt's been incredible. But if anything were to happen, Spencer Ware is going to be um, a a running back one, uh, but also going to be the number one waiver pickup. So keep an eye on that. Kareem Hunt, 16 carries, 71 yards, and just 25 yards through the air. I just don't think they needed to do much. I think this was kind of a ground and pound, run out the clock game for uh, the Chiefs and just escape with the win. So not worried about Kareem Hunt at all. Travis Kelsey, 46 yards on six carries, uh, six catches. Again, not worried about that. The other Kansas City receivers, just five catches, 54 yards on seven targets total. I mentioned them. Uh, they're not really fantasy options usually, but I mentioned them because a lot of people thought that Chris Conley um, was going to be able to step in for Sammy Watkins, who was out in this game. But he did not do very much. Sammy Watkins should be back this week, so you can fire him up once again. Bills and Jets. Man, some some kind of uh, unforeseen fireworks here from the Bills, at least. Jesus. I uh, just kept seeing uh, on NFL Red Zone that that uh, the Bills just kept scoring and scoring and scoring every position. Every time I'd look over there, they were in the Red Zone against the Jets. I started the Jets, as I think everybody did, as a top streaming defense in a handful of leagues. They burned me in all of them. Uh, negative fantasy points in each of the each of the leagues, um, negative seven in ESPN leagues, but could have been different in Yahoo or CBS or NFL, whatever you you play. Um, terrible game for the Jets. Bills get a huge win on the road, easily their highest point total of the season, forty one to ten on the road for the Bills. These two teams meet up in a couple of weeks in Buffalo, and I expect uh, much of the same for the Bills defense. This is the largest win on the road for the Bills since Week One of two thousand eleven. Shout out to the Bills. Matt Barkley got the start. <clears throat> of course, uh, USC Trojan um, hasn't played much in the NFL, but he did get the start <clears throat> in place of Nate Peterman. And, of course, for uh, Josh Allen, who uh, sat out with an injury once again, Peterman has now been cut from the Bills finally. So Matt Barkley looks like he will be the replacement for Josh Allen as long as he is out if he is to miss any more time. Matt Barkley, decent game, 232 and two touchdowns. LaShawn McCoy, 26 carries, 113, and two touchdowns. Nice game for Shady. I just think the Jets had phoned it in, and uh, the Bills were up early, so Shady got all these touches. Still not crazy about LaShawn McCoy. This is a nice game. You can start him as your RB2, RB3 flex, but I'm not crazy about Shady McCoy. If you're still able to trade in your leagues, I would try to move Shady ASAP um, and try to get something better for him if you can uh right now maybe LaShawn McCoy for an Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb if somebody's doesn't believe in the hype for one of those guys maybe carry on Johnson I would move on Shady McCoy uh Marcus Murphy the other Bills running back also had 69 yards on the game on the ground so the Jets were just giving it up frankly Zay Jones nice game eight catches 93 yards and one touchdown really a career day for Zay Jones nice to see him back in the fold after a really disturbing offseason but uh, Zay Jones, great game, maybe a, a name to keep on the waiver wire radar with uh, Matt Barkley. <clears throat> Robert Foster, a deep name to keep a look at. Uh, another receiver, three catches, 105 through the air. So, again, I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast, but when these backup quarterbacks, second string, third string guys come in, um, they take over for the starting quarterback a lot of times you see these no-name prospects that we don't know in the fantasy circle because they're kind of irrelevant, 
but the backup third string quarterbacks work with the third string, fourth string receivers uh, in practice because they don't get those first team reps. So a lot of times you see a name like Robert Foster that nobody knows yet um, really doing well because that's where the connection is between Matt Barkley and Robert Foster. So something to keep in mind moving forward in your fantasy leagues that if there's a, a kind of a rookie uh, rookie quarterback coming in, getting some time, or there's a third string quarterback coming in, sometimes those third, fourth string receivers uh, do even better than the second or first string receivers. And as you'll know, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, of course, no catches on three targets. I told you to drop Kelvin Benjamin after week one, and I told you not to even draft him. So if you still have Kev- Kelvin Benjamin on your team, I'm not sure what to tell you. But Zay Jones had a nice game. He's the he's the uh, wide receiver two there. And then Robert Foster, again, uh, is the third, fourth uh, option. Um, so keep an eye on those guys if Matt Barkley is to uh, get some more time here in, in the Bills offense that looked amazing, frankly, on Sunday against a uh, pretty terrible Jets team that I think we all thought the defense was going to do great with the Todd Bowles and the defense and all that. And for those of you curious, <clears throat> looks like Todd Bowles will not be fired mid-season. However, I do not expect him to be in uh, New York starting next season. That's the early report, though, that he will not get fired. For the Jets, no ballers, as I think you can take away here. Some stallers that you may have started in your fantasy league, though. Isaiah Crowell, 19 yards. He did get his token touchdown, but just 19 yards otherwise, 18 yards on the ground. Same thing with Kelvin Benjamin. Isaiah Crowell is going to have his blow-up games. Um that we've seen three, four times this season, but on the consistent, not feeling it, don't want anything to do with Isaiah Crowell. Elijah McGuire, though, um, still kind of tempered because he's behind Isaiah Crowell, but if the Jets know what they're doing, they're going to use Elijah McGuire more going down uh, the stretch here. He looks solid, 30 yards on the ground, uh, 27 through the air. Uh, he, Let's see, he out-touched Crowell by one yard and um, he had more yards than him by about 10. So I really like Elijah McGuire moving forward. And if they give him the opportunity, he should be fine. Uh, but right now, he's just kind of a deep flex. Um, Herndon uh, has been having a touchdown in pretty much every single game. He did not get one in this game. And this is kind of the vulnerability of these kind of shot-in-the-dark tight ends. If they don't get you that t- uh, that touchdown, it's usually a low catch and yardage total. So no touchdown, just three catches, 34 yards for Herndon. And Quincy Anunua remains to be used uh, inaccurately for the uh, Jets. He's still lined up on the outside, um, not going well at all. He was up against Tredavious White, and and Tredavious White shuts down everybody, certainly Quincy Anunua. So just 18 yards on four catches for Quincy Anunua, and if they don't put him back in the slot, that'll be more of the same for him. And the Jets, D, as I mentioned, negative seven, top streaming option of the week. I certainly started him again in multiple weeks. I put him in DFS. Uh, <laughs> so they just kind of burned everybody. So if you got, if you had the jets, none of us saw it coming, sorry. Uh, but trust me, all the experts got their ass kicked by the jets this week as well. So you're not alone. Uh, let's move on to Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay and Washington Redskins, another dud game. Uh, no fits magic in this game is the skins D forces four takeaways. Tampa Bay had 500 total yards of offense and just three points. Fitz magic had 400 yards passing. Uh, but was unable to get a score. The Redskins come away with the victory 16-3 to over the Buccaneers. For those Redskins, no ballers. And uh, Al Smith, 178, a touchdown. 
Uh, Josh Dodson came back to life, which was nice. Uh, 46 yards and a touchdown. He was okay, but not baller status. I don't expect much from him moving forward. This offense is pitiful. Their offensive line is destroyed. Uh, Adrian Peterson had just eight, uh, 19 carries for 68 yards. Um, Mo Harris came down to earth here. He was a huge streaming option <clears throat> for uh, fantasy teams with the buys this week. Just five catches, 52 yards. And Jordan Reed, uh, he had the best yardage total since week three with 51 yards, but uh, just 51 yards on four catches, so nine fantasy points there for Jordan Reed. You still got to start him probably because the upside's there. He's seemingly healthy, um, you know, but he's definitely been disappointing this year because he is healthy, so you expect him to be putting up these numbers, but he certainly is not. Capri Bibbs let down here, sitting in for Chris Thompson once more, uh, 28 yards on three carries and 13 yards and two carries. So um, I know that uh, we had talked about him with Daniel last week, filling in for Chris Thompson. Daniel started him um, uh, against me in the league of record and Capri Bibbs came up short there. looks like Chris Thompson could potentially come be coming back soon, but uh, keep an eye on that because he could also uh, be out um, for a while. So he's kind of day to day, week to week there with Chris Thompson, unfortunately. And for the Bucks. Fitzmagic returns to Fitzpatrick, 406 yards, which is awesome, but no touchdowns, two picks, 35 yards on the ground. Uh, a great block if you happen to see uh, the game at all. Um, he had kind of a dump-off uh, pass to Jacquez Rogers having to pick up a third down, and uh, Fitz kind of dumped it off to him and outran uh, Jacquez Rogers to um, interrupt the defense there for the uh, Redskins and and uh, was able to help Jacquez cut back and pick up a first down. So Fitzmagic, you got to root for the guy. He's been a journeyman. Uh, so many teams have let him down. He's played, you know, average ball his entire career, but he's out slinging it. Um, he's still putting up points for your fantasy teams. If he got any touchdowns, he would have had a massive game with 400 yards. So Fitzmagic, I think you can start every single week if you're in the streaming category. Um, but if you have a guy like Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers or Carson Wentz, um, you know, don't get cute. I think you you stick with those guys, but uh, Fitzmagic is certainly going to have blow up games for the rest of the season. And it looks like uh, Dirk Cutter could potentially lose his job, uh, maybe by the end of this podcast. Um, but you know, seemingly at any time. But it looks like the Buccaneers are going to continue to roll with uh, Fitzpatrick. So I would not um, not worry about Jameis coming back unless Fitzpatrick completely destroys himself, which he certainly could. But for the time being, looks like Fitzpatrick will be the starter for Week Eleven. Uh, Chris Godwin uh, comes back to earth, which is, or comes back to earth. He, he explodes, I should say, the other way. He's been kind of uh, uh, drowning a little bit, but he comes back, resurfaces here. Seven catches, 103. Nice game from Chris Godwin. And uh, Jacquez Rogers, as I mentioned, um, no rushing yards, unfortunately, but he did have 102 through the air. So with Ronald Jones out, uh, Jacquez Rogers had a nice matchup here, and he had a, a couple great uh, catches here. Eight, car uh, eight catches, excuse me, 102 through the uh, air and Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans didn't do much here. 67 yards for Deshaun Jackson, 51 yards for Mike Evans. Mike Evans dropped an easy touchdown, literally hit him in the hands and he dropped it. Uh, otherwise he would have had a better game, but um, uh, Peyton Barber, 61 yards on 13 carries and Adam Humphreys after a huge game last week, 88 yards and two touchdowns uh, comes back to earth here. Just two catches for 53 yards, but still I would keep him on your bench. You never know what's going to happen. And if one of these top receivers goes down, Humphreys is going to explode, I think, for the Bucks. O.J. Howard, just one catch for 15 yards. Not good at all there. And it uh, looks like uh, Cameron Braid, 15, uh, looks like. Cameron Braid, 14 yards, sorry, on one catch as well. So um, not looking good there for the uh, Bucks receiving 
options outside of Godwin. Let's move on to Tennessee, where Tennessee gets a huge victory over the traveling New England Patriots. Uh, the Titans dominated the Pats, frankly, and Henry ties a career high with two rushing touchdowns. I was watching this game on CBS, and really the, the Titans straight up just beat up on the Patriots the entire game. Um, of course, the narrative coming into this was that Mike Vrabel, who of course played linebacker and pseudo tight end for the Patriots for all those years with Belichick and Brady, uh, was coming back as the Titans head coach and knew how to play them. We saw Matt Patricia with the Lions, uh, who have frankly just been absolutely horrendous the last couple of weeks. But the Lions beat up on the the uh, the Patriots early in the season and they got the win. And uh, Mike Vrabel uh, comes in. Uh, and gets the win versus Belichick and Brady as well. So maybe there's something to this. The old coaches for the the Patriots really knowing how to stop Brady, how to stop this rush, how to get the pass rush going. Um, so shout out to the Titans, man. Thirty four to ten. Uh, they they really did beat up on them by by a few touchdowns here. So um, big up to the Titans. And I, I don't think there's anything to worry about here with the Patriots in general. But the Titans were fired up. They were at home. They had the edge with Vrabel, and they just uh, I think that the Patriots may have slept on him a little bit here. So uh, the lone uh, baller for the Patriots, Edelman, six-yard pass to Brady. <laughs> so it looks like he gets a, a couple passes every every single week here. Uh, but Brady got his little end-around touchdown. And if Brady had any uh, footwork abilities, he could have picked up probably a 20, 30-yard catch. But as we saw um, last year, uh, Brady, you know, kind of is – doesn't really have hands, but he also doesn't have any feet. So Edelman led him well. Brady made a nice catch, but he just kind of like caught it and stumbled for a six-yard gain. Uh, could have been 20, 30 yards if Brady was able to keep his feet there. So, um, And Edelman, a nice game uh, through the slot per usual. Nine catches, 104 on 12 targets. So nice game without Gronk. If Gronk misses, Edelman is a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside for sure. Uh, the rest of the Patriots, though, stalled out for sure. Uh, we had <clears throat> Gordon, who I thought was going to have a huge game. He had 81 yards, but he had 12 targets and just four receptions. So eight incompletions to Gordon, not good. He had 81 yards on four catches. He missed on eight opportunities. If he caught even you know half of those, so four more catches, he would have gone over 100 easy, probably a long touchdown. He was able to beat uh, the Titans defense all day, but uh, just that pass rush, threw off Brady and he wasn't able to complete him to Gordon. So I love Gordon moving forward. He should be fine in plus matchups. Not worried about it, but uh, he could have had a much bigger game here. Brady, 21 of 41, 20 incompletions, just 254, and does not have a touchdown in two of his last three games. So uh, Brady's not droppable, of course, but certainly look at streaming options if Brady um, is not in a plus matchup here because he is not able to uh, get that passing offense going outside of Edelman. But we all know that Edelman's kind of an over-the-middle guy, not a deep threat down the middle. So without Gronk, uh, you can certainly – Go other, you know, go elsewhere, I guess, from Brady. James White uh, comes back to earth. He is just now James White for this week, at least. Uh, one carry, negative five yards, five catches, 31 yards on eight targets. Sony Michelle comes back, uh, nothing in the pass game and just 31 yards on the ground. Again, he was kind of game scripted out early. And Chris Hogan, no catches on one target. Goskowski, just five fantasy points, and Gronk was out. So really, this is just an off day for the Patriots altogether. I think they'll all be fine moving forward. For the Titans side, however, Marcus Mariota, 228 and uh, touched, uh, two touchdowns and 21 uh, rushing yards. 
And he also caught a 21-yard pass. So Mariota rushes, passes, and catches some yardage here in this game. He looks good. He looks healthy. His hand feels better with the nerve. I think Mariota is going to be a sleeper moving into the fantasy playoffs. Corey Davis, another breakout game, seven catches, 125, a touchdown on 10 targets. Most receiving yards uh, and uh, he has the most receptions, excuse me, yards and touchdowns since week four versus Philadelphia. So hopefully Corey Davis can um, come to life here down your fantasy playoffs. Derrick Henry, 58 yards. He got those two touchdowns. Not a huge game, but he got the goal line work and converts again. Jonu Smith uh, gets a touchdown as well, 45 yards. So keep an eye there. I don't think he's worth an ad per se, but we know that uh, Marcus loved Delaney Walker before he went out. So maybe that tight end position becomes more valuable if Jonu Smith can fill it. And the lone staller really is Deion Lewis, who I thought was going to have a huge game. Of course, a revenge game here, but I thought Deion Lewis could have a much bigger game. He had 20 carries, um, but just 57 yards and 11 uh, yards through the air, unfortunately. So he out-carried Derrick Henry 39-17, to 17, but uh, or out-touched, excuse me, out-touched Derrick Henry 39-17 to 17, uh, in the last uh, two games, but um, not able to do it in this one. Let's move on to the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers take care of business, a nice easy-peasy win here against the Raiders. Raiders put up just six points. Chargers escape with the victory, 20-6. to six. Um, If they were trying, they probably would have put up 40. The Raiders look absolutely horrendous. Uh, the Bolts cruise versus an uninspired Raiders defense behind 165 total yards from Melvin Gordon. He looks plenty healthy. Of course, he sat out uh, the week before the uh, bye in London. He had the bye. Last week, he looked fine. This week, he looked really great. Um, he had a 66-yard touchdown on a screen pass to go along with um, 93 yards on the ground. So Melvin Gordon is just fine. Phillip Rivers, uh, same as every week, uh, 223, two touchdowns and a pick. Keenan Allen, nice game, six car- uh, catches, 57 yards and a touchdown. Tyrell Williams, not much, four catches, 46 yards. And Austin Eckler, uh, nothing in the pass game, which is surprising, and just 19 yards on the ground. I thought he was going to get more work here uh, with uh, them blowing out the Raiders, but they didn't blow out the Raiders as much as I thought we all, th- as we all thought they would. Therefore, <clears throat> Melvin Ingram played the whole game, and Austin Eckler took a backseat there. Uh, Mike Williams also did not do much. Um, he had no targets in this game. He did have a rush, kind of a weird um, – kind of a uh what is it a reverse play but it didn't go for anything so mike williams is is kind of touchdown or bust on the oakland side no ballers unsurprisingly stallers uh doug martin 61 yards on the ground 31 yards through the air so 92 yards total uh which isn't terrible but but not going to get it done uh without a touchdown there um for doug martin and jalen richard seven yards on the ground 52 through the air so again not much for him Cook, uh, four catches, 52 yards, so nine fantasy points from a tight end. Not terrible, but also not very good. And Derek Carr, 243, no touchdowns, no picks. Jordy Nelson left the game with a quad injury. Martavis Bryant left the game with a knee injury as PCL. Um, No reports yet. Uh, Early Tuesday morning, I'm sure they'll come out right after this podcast, so keep an eye on them. Not sure you're starting either one of these guys, but just a, a heads up. If they both miss... They're without Amari Cooper, obviously, in Dallas, Jordy Nelson, and Martavis Bryant. They don't have an option, uh, so they're going to have to go with Seth Roberts, probably some practice squad uh, receivers, and I think that Jared Cook should get a boost. So should Jalen Richard through the passing game because they're going to have to at least pretend like they're trying the rest of the season so they don't lose their fan base, but the Raiders are absolutely hurting. <clears throat> Miami and Green Bay. Miami just 12 points. Green Bay comes out firing at home. 
31-12, the Packers get the, a much-needed win at home, and the hashtag free Aaron Jones movement is in full effect. Shout-out to Field Yates, um, who started it last week. Uh, I think we're all, we've all been hyping it, but officially started it with a sign on social media last week. Looks like Mike McCarthy saw the post, gave it a like, and uh, was all about it. So Aaron Jones crushes in this game, 15 carries, 145, two touchdowns, 27 yards through the air. Of course, this is a plus matchup against a terrible rushing defense for the Dolphins, but I think Aaron Jones is going to be a monster moving forward. Um, love Aaron Jones. I've got him in all but one of my leagues, and uh, I'm starting him every single week. Like I mentioned earlier, I started him in one league. I started him over on Johnson, um, and obviously that worked out. So I, I really like uh, Aaron Jones moving forward. Um, the rest of the Packers, uh, let's see. Uh, Devontae Adams, 57 yards, but he got his two touchdowns. So Devontae Adams is just fine. And Aaron Rodgers, 199 and two touchdowns. So not really a a, a baller game, but uh, I think Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine moving forward, especially if they're in contention. Rodgers is going to have to be playing for wins, which means he's going to be chucking it. And if they have a run game, they can't just drop back every time with the defense. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be great moving down the stretch here uh some stallers uh mvs marquez valdez scantling just six catches 44 yards on seven targets not a terrible game but certainly expect more of a breakout for him and jimmy graham one target one catch 14 yards just one target this is what i've been mentioning of course he's been great this this season uh he's not been as terrible as i thought he was going to be so i'm not hating on jimmy graham but this is what i've been worried about that if he doesn't get uh multiple catches um, and yardage and he doesn't get that touch on, he's going to let you down. So unfortunately this was just an Aaron Jones game as the uh, Packers were running out the clock there. So um, Jimmy Graham was nowhere to be found for the Dolphins. Danny Amendola remains hot and a good option. 10 targets, seven catches, 72 yards, definitely the number one receiver there for the Dolphins and Frank Gore, 13 carries 90 yards on the ground. <clears throat> Devonte Parker, five catches, 43 yards on 11 targets. And Kenyon Drake, 27 yards on the ground, 11 yards through the air. Once again, Frank Gore out-touches and outpaces Kenyon Drake. Uh, 13 carries, 13 touches for Frank Gore, 10 for Kenyon Drake, and 90 yards for Frank Gore, and 38 for Kenyon Drake. So, my goodness, I'll let, I'll let Curly try to defend Kenyon Drake when we come up to him later on the podcast. Uh, Kenny Stills, two catches for 26 yards. Again, I've been off Kenny Stills for weeks. Uh, he's droppable, in my opinion. A <clears throat> couple more games here. Uh, Seattle Seahawks and the uh, Los Angeles Rams. The Rams get a, a big win here. Um, I think everybody thought they were going to beat the Seahawks overall, but I had made a mention on the podcast last week when we were making picks that I knew this game was going to be close. The Seahawks play well. They've been playing much better as of late. They started off very shaky to start the season, but they've been playing well lately, and they always play the Rams pretty competitively no matter where they're at, Seattle or on the road. And uh, the Rams escape with the W uh, 36 to 31 over the Seahawks at home. And the Rams achieved their best record through 10 games since 1969. They are now nine and one. And of course they face the nine and one chiefs on Monday night football next week. So grab your popcorn there. You're firing up everybody. Uh, that'll be an interesting game to pick for us on uh, Friday's episode. So stay tuned for that one. But um, Rams chiefs, Monday night football, both nine and one, the Rams nine and one for the first time through 10 games. 1969. Let's start with the Seahawks here. Uh, Russell Wilson, 176. He got his three touchdowns, but 92 yards on the ground. Most rushing yards um, 
uh, excuse me, most uh, carries by three and the most rushing yards by 51 uh, for, for Russell Wilson on the season. So it was really great to see him getting out of the pocket. Of course, that defensive line for the Rams is incredible. So he felt the pressure. He got out and he's moving around. This is that base that everybody wanted from Russell Wilson. <clears throat> I'll let Daniel defend him here. Uh, 176 through the air is not going to get it done, but he did get his three touchdowns, which he seems to do every single week, but 92 yards on the ground. I love. So if he's going to be he getting us a, you know, 70, 80 yard floor with rushing yards. Um, I mean, that's an extra eight points. That's, that's a touchdown and a half almost, uh, for Russell Wilson, as far as fantasy points go. And, uh, if he can get up in that 250 yard range with those couple of touchdowns, Russell Wilson would be great going down the fantasy playoffs here. So uh, Tyler Lockett, five catches, 67 yards. He got his touchdown. Mike Davis looked great sitting in for Chris Carson this game. 11 carries, 58 yards, and 22 yards and a, a catch through the air in the backfield. And Rashad Penny, easily his best game, really a breakout for the rookie, finally getting some touches. 12 carries, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Nothing through the air, but love Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, excuse me. Um, if Chris Carson, we'll, we'll talk later on the podcast when we get some knowledge on Chris Carson, because right now they're saying that he's going to play, but of course we don't trust, uh, Pete Carroll. So right now it looks like Chris Carson, Mike Davis and Rashad Penny are back on the slate for week 11, but let's just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. If you're looking to pick up one of these guys from the waiver wire, I personally would probably go with Mike Davis if they're both available and you had to pick one of them, especially if you're, if you're burning fab or a top, uh, uh, waiver option. I, I would personally go with Mike Davis. I just think he's been there uh, longer. He's proved himself. He's doing really well. Um, and Rashad Penny had a great game, but uh, he might take a back seat if Chris Carson comes back. I think I still think Mike Davis has value even if Chris Carson comes back. So I'd pick Mike Davis over Rashad Penny. But if, uh, say, Mike Davis and Chris Carson are gone, I would go pick up Rashad Penny for show and get him deep on your bench to see if this is real or if this is just a, a two-headed backfield no matter what. <clears throat> Meaning if Chris Carson comes back, I think it'll be Mike Davis. So uh, keep an eye on those guys for sure on your waiver wire. Doug Baldwin, <clears throat> excuse me, Doug Baldwin, five catches, 39 yards on five targets, nothing there. Still not, I mean, I've said what I need to say about Doug Baldwin. He's benchable for sure. I don't think you play him until he proves it. And uh, Russell Wilson should be start starting to play much better um, coming down the stretch here, which so I can turn my tide on Russell Wilson for sure, uh, but not feeling Doug Baldwin. He's hurt. He's got multiple injuries. Don't like it. I'm staying strong, not playing Doug Baldwin. Don't drop him, but I'm not playing him unless you absolutely have to. David Moore, uh, just one catch, 16 yards on three targets, so he has come back down to earth. And Nick Vanette, uh, one catch for eight yards, but that catch was a touchdown. Nothing from Ed Dixon. And the Seattle defense, I'm not sure you were starting him against the Rams anyway, but negative six fantasy points, not going to get it done. Jared Goff for the Rams, 318 and two touchdowns. Todd Gurley, 16 carries, 120 and a touchdown, 40 more yards through the air. Of course, Gurley crushes. Cooks and Woods both did well as well. Uh, Looks like uh, both of them had some rushing in this game, which seems to be part of the uh, everyday Rams offense. McVay is incredible with play calling. Uh, looks like uh, Cooks had a nine-yard um, rush for a touchdown. Um, he had a little end around uh, for nine yards and a rushing score. He also had 10 catches for 100 yards on 12 targets. Huge day for Brandon Cooks. And uh, Woods had three carries for 17 yards himself and four catches, 85, 89 yards on five targets. 
for uh, Woods. Of course, um, unfortunately, if you haven't heard by now, uh, Cooper Cup is out for the season with a torn ACL, which is a super bummer. I love Cooper Cup. He's a really, uh, I think, a bright young star. He's kind of, I think, the next Adam Thielen, in my opinion, um, coming up, uh, just kind of, you know, coming out of Eastern Washington University, uh, not touted very much coming out of school and um, really just hitting it off with Goff. Unfortunately, though, he's been having, he was having a career year. He was on pace for a great season. But unfortunately, uh, Cup is out for the season with a torn ACL which leaves some room for Josh Reynolds. We've been hyping Josh Reynolds kind of tongue in cheek on the podcast just for shit. Um, but I think he could have some value. I don't think he becomes Cooper cup. So I wouldn't necessarily rush out to grab him off the waivers unless you need a receiver position. Um, I would make him prove it, uh, but he could be a nice spot start against the chiefs uh, this week on Monday night football. So we'll see what happens there. Cause that is certainly going to be a shootout. Both tight ends caught touchdowns uh, for the Rams here, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. I think Gerald Everett actually gets a bump with Cup out personally. He's been emerging the last couple of weeks, and I think he will become the uh, third option, well, fourth option, I guess, behind Gurley as well. So it'll be, you know, Woods, Cooks, depending, and then Gurley out of the pass game, and then I think Gerald Everett, then um, uh, Reynolds, but that could go either way. So, you know, everybody's kind of worth a, an ad in the Rams offense. Uh, because they have so many weapons. But <clears throat> if you had to pick one, I'd probably go Gerald Everett because, of course, he's a tight end as well. And then um, Josh Reynolds. But temper your expectations on both of them as they're you know, probably just going to get a boost to Cooks, Woods, and Gurley. Rams defense, just two fantasy points. And uh, I mentioned Cooper Cup is out for the season, unfortunately. Two more games here. We have the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles. This is a great game on Sunday Night Football. Started off pretty slow, low scoring, but really turned it on in the first, uh, fourth quarter. Dallas escapes with a huge win on the road in Philadelphia, 27-20. Dallas gets the victory. The Cowboys get a big win in Philadelphia to even with the Eagles at 4-5 and five behind uh, Ezekiel Elliott's 187 total yards and two touchdowns. Um, despite a huge night from Zach Ertz, the uh, Cowboys come away with, with a victory here. For the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, nice game, 270, one touchdown. He also had a rushing score. Zeke Elliott, as I mentioned, big game, 19 carries, 151 on the ground and a touchdown. He also had another touchdown through the air on 36 yards. And Amari Cooper, another nice game, 10 targets, 6 catches, 75 yards. Love Amari Cooper here in this Dallas offense. He's not going to explode. He could have an Amari Cooper game where he, you know, he's fast. He's he's very athletic. So he, if he gets loose, he could have an 80-yard touchdown and and you know have a, a game where he gets six catches for 180 yards and a touchdown. So that could happen to inflate your stats. But I think in general, this is going to be his line: six, you know, maybe six to eight catches, probably 10 to 12 targets, and you know, 60 to 80 yards uh, with the occasional score, of course. So I think he's just kind of a younger Des Bryant here for uh, for the uh, Cowboys. Other Cowboys receivers, eight catches, 111 yards on 10 targets total. So I think this is kind of the Amari Cooper show um, with the uh, with the Cowboys. For the Philadelphia Eagles, Zach Ertz is absolutely incredible. Uh, 14 catches, 145 yards, two touchdowns on 16 targets. Zach Ertz is easily on pace to break Jason Witten's all-time uh, reception record. Uh, and he could start reaching into the yardage records um, put up by Tony Gonzalez and and, uh, and uh, Gronk over the years, possibly even the touchdown records as well by Gronk. Um, Zach Ertz is playing out of his mind. Uh, you know, I'll wait to pat myself on the back when we see the end of the season numbers. But I had mentioned that I, I had Zach Ertz as my number one tight end. Um, 
And uh, right now he is certainly uh, showing that Travis Kelsey is incredible, has more touchdown upside potentially, but Zach Ertz is just an, you know, he's an, he's a, he's a top tier receiver at this point. So Zach Ertz is absolutely incredible. So big up to Ertz. Uh, Carson Wentz, 360, two touchdowns and, and one uh, interception. You don't see Carson Wentz over 300, let alone 360 much. Uh, but again, Huge day uh, for the Eagles. They just couldn't get away uh, with the win here. The the Dallas defense actually played a lot better than the stats would show. Um, but uh, Carson Wentz over 360, two touchdowns and a pick. Nelson Aguilar comes back to life. Five catches, 83 yards on seven targets. Some stallers. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, um, four catches, 48 yards on eight targets. I had been mentioning for a couple of weeks that the Dallas uh, cornerbacks have been playing much better. And Sean Lee, unfortunately, is out uh, for – I mean, potentially the rest of the season here, but, you know, six to eight weeks, so probably the rest of your fantasy season. Um, and I had mentioned last week on the podcast that I thought there was going to be a huge game for Zach Ertz, of course, but certainly Nelson Aguilar. And I mentioned Golden Tate, who did not have a good game, uh, just two catches, 19 yards and four targets in his debut with the Eagles, but I think that'll get better. But I did mention that I thought Jeffrey was probably going to take a back seat because the cornerbacks for the Dallas Cowboys have been playing really well, actually, the safeties over the top. And where you've been able to attack them is with the tight ends and slot receivers. So obviously Ertz had a career day, but um, Nelson Aguilar also was able to slip in there. So Jeffrey shut down. Tate, I think it's fine. He only had four targets. I think they're easing him in. He'll be fine moving forward. And I think this is only a boost for everybody. But keep an eye on Jeffrey. Uh, he's not going to be that number one, number one anymore. Um, so he probably takes a takes a bump down. Uh, Josh Adams was a nice kind of a hot waiver wire pickup, just seven carries, 47 yards. But I think he is the number one running back, but they're, they have a three-headed monster there. Uh, depending on what Sproles is doing the rest of the season, it's at least three running backs, maybe four going forward. And uh, Clement, not much through the air. Smallwood, not much on the ground. So neither one of these guys is consistent. I'm staying away from all of the running backs in Philadelphia. Last game of the week, the Giants come away with a victory versus the Niners. Uh, of course, we are not shy about being Niners fans here on the podcast, but we're also realistic and we try to not be homers. Um, the Niners really had a chance to win this game. They outplayed the Giants, in my opinion, the entire game until the last two drives of the game. Uh, Eli played well, um, 188, but he did have three touchdowns. The biggest thing with Eli, no turnovers. He had no turnovers in this game, which was huge. Odell Beckham had a great game, four catches, 73 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets. So really kind of a, a shaky game from Eli to Odell. I mean, they missed on seven opportunities. And Odell essentially dropped uh, dropped one touchdown um, in the back of the end. It would have been a ridiculous Odell catch. I mean, he was jumping backwards, one-handed, bobbled it, couldn't catch that. That was a potential touchdown. He also had another um, touchdown where, frankly, he slipped on the play, fell down, he got up, and the ball at that point was over his head, um, but he almost made it a catch there. So Odell almost had four touchdowns in this game, quite frankly. So I love him moving forward. Eli should be fine-ish. And, uh, you know, let's not be too crazy about Eli. It was against the Niners. But um, he played well enough to get the victory. 27-23, Giants escape. Uh, to become the third worst team in the league. So now the Raiders and the Niners are officially the two worst teams in the league. So shout out to our hometown, the Bay Area. Yikes, not looking good. 27-23, the Giants get the win over the uh, over the uh, Niners. Barkley has over 100 yards from scrimmage for um, 
in eight of nine career games. So Saquon Barkley is the truth. And unfortunately, the magic of Nick Mullins does not return for a second week. He is unable to come up on the last drive. He had about a minute to march down the field and, and score a touchdown to win the game. Uh, he was unable to do so. So the Giants get away with the win. For the Giants, uh, I mentioned Eli and Odell. Let's go on to Saquon Barkley, who I put in the staller category. Um, I mean, he's he's a baller. We know that uh, in fantasy football in general and in in uh, in a uh, real NFL, but for this week, um, he did have exactly a hundred total yards, but 20 carries for 67 yards. So he's still kind of around that three yards per carry, which he's been all season. Of course, he's a beast and he breaks off some nice runs, but he's just not able to get that consistency. Like maybe Zeke does, you know, four or five, eight, 12 yards at a time. Um, just because of the play calling, he gets stuffed behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit, kind of like Barry Sanders used to do, you know, Barry Sanders would get hit behind the line of scrimmage, maybe, you know, eight times, 10 times for a loss in the game. And then he'd spring a 35 yarder. So that's kind of Saquon's game, but he did have three, uh, 33 yards on four catches through the air. Uh, you know, I put him in the solar category, but of course uh, he's a surefire, you know, top 10 uh, running back every single week. Sterling Shepard did have the game winning, uh, well, eventually game winning touchdown, but uh, nothing else for the, uh, Giants and Evan Ingram had a decent game, but not huge. Uh, four catches, 46 yards on five targets. For the Niners, Matt Breida had a great game. 17 carries, 101, and a touchdown. He also had another receiving touchdown on 31 yards. Most fantasy points of the season with 28 for uh, Matt Breida. So a great uh, return from him. He looks healthy. And, of course, Raheem Mustard is now out. Alfred Morris is not the the uh, not the answer. Nine carries, 19 yards, very inefficient again. So this will be the Matt Breida train until he gets injured potentially again. So if you have Matt Breida, fire him up as your uh, RB2 or definitely a flex option. Uh, George Kittle remains hot as well. Nine catches, 83 yards on 10 targets. He's a beast. And Robbie Gold, shout out to the kickers when I can, uh, 13 fantasy points. Uh, and it could have been more, but uh, they were down by four points at the end of the game. So they had to go for a touchdown, but he was easily able to uh, potentially tie up the game or win it if they needed to uh, late because Robbie Gold is on fire. A couple of stallers uh, before we end out the game here. Um, Marquise Goodwin really padded his stats with about a 30-yard last-minute uh, wide-open catch where the Giants were just basically playing prevent defense on the goal line to not let him score. So Goodwin was able to catch like a 31-yarder, I think it was, um, and they had to go down and clock it, and they had one more play, and it was incomplete in the back of the end zone. But Goodwin otherwise, uh, four catches, 69 yards on five targets, but again, a lot of that was padded on a 30-yard catch on the end of the game. So I'm really disappointed. I drafted uh, Marquise Goodwin in my league of record. Um, I've been playing him recently. I've been sitting him, though, the last couple of weeks because you just can't trust him. Um, so he's really boom or bust, but just not consistent, unfortunately. And Nick Mullins, as I mentioned, a decent game, but not really the streaming option you would hope for if you fired him up against the Giants, who have been beat uh, year in, uh, week in and week out this season. 250, a touchdown, and two picks, unfortunately. So I think Nick Mullins comes down to earth, and if C.J. Beathard is ready to go, they'll probably make that change. Although, as a 49er fan, I want to see Nick Mullins play the rest of the season. I think he is legit. Of course, he's got the you know, Brett Favre uh, under his uh, under Brett Favre's wing the last couple of years, broke all his records at, at uh, Southern Mississippi. So I'd like to see Nick Mullins. I just don't think C.J. Beathard is the answer. And Nick Mullins is a nice young prospect here. So I'd like to see Nick Mullins go, but they'll probably go back to Beathard just because. But that doesn't get my vote. Um, and once again, Alfred Morris, uh, nothing. So 19, 9 of 19, as I mentioned, and inefficient. I just 
he's not going to do anything. He's droppable. You don't need him on your team. Matt Breida is the offense there in the backfield, and uh, the Niners are generally playing from behind, so they're going to be throwing it uh, as often as they can, um, but not much to do for the Niners, unfortunately. Let's go to your top picks for the uh, the top performances um, in fantasy for each position, and we'll get out of here. Top performances at the QB position, Trubisky, Big Ben, Breeze, Russy Will, Baker Mayfield, and Marcus Mariota. At the running back position, DJ, CMC, uh, Zeke Elliott, Chubb, Aaron Jones, Brita, Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Kamara, and Ingram. A bunch of those guys were tied there at the end. Wide receivers, Tyreek Hill. Allen Robinson, a nice bounce back. Michael Thomas, of course. Brandon Cooks, Corey Davis, Julio Jones, and Odell Beckham. Tight ends, Zach Ertz, Ebron, Hooper, Kittle, and Vance McDonald. DSTs, Steelers, Packers, Bills, Bears, Chiefs, Saints, and Chargers. Again, a bunch of those tied there late. And kickers, Lutz, Sanders, Gold, Hauschka, Zerline, Hopkins, and Boswell. Last note here. The buys for this week, another bipocalypse, although this one is pretty mellow. The entire AFC East is on a buy plus Cleveland and San Francisco. So that's the Bills, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Patriots, and the 49ers. That'll do it for the week 10 recap. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep trade, cut questions. If still applicable in your league, of course, with trade deadlines coming to an end uh, to our email at tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow our IG stories throughout the weekend for game day updates. It's Thursday night football, Sunday night football and Monday night football. Thank you so much for listening and good week. Good luck in week 11 for Daniel Stancato. I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.